This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to the Sticks and Stacks podcast. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. Nate Lundy, our hockey expert, is with us because we are going to look at hockey playoffs. It is down to four in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And there are two series left that you can focus on. There's a lot of different ways to slice and dice it. We're down to the best of the best. And we'll start with the game that goes on tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights lead the series with the Montreal Canadiens 1-0. to zero. And this one is a big game for Vegas and a big game for Montreal. But it's the one that sort of sets the series. Montreal wins it. They find themselves taking away home ice advantage. Vegas wins it. It certainly helps, but Vegas themselves knows, well, they were down 2-0 in the first round. Pardon me, the second round of the Colorado Avalanche. It didn't make a difference. They came back and swept it. So first, Nate, how you doing? And second, how do you see this game? Well, I'm doing great, Sean. I've been really um, enjoying. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you and I both uh, live in the Denver area. And so, you know, kind of bummed to not see the Avalanche having moved on uh, against Vegas. But, um, you know, I'm really enjoying these final four teams. I think this is um, really kind of a fun set of teams. Now, that said, I really think Montreal is outmatched here. Um, I think that we saw that in game one. Um, I think they're going to continue to put up a good fight. But Vegas is a really good team. Um, You know, Las Vegas. Vegas and Colorado were the two best teams points wise in the NHL all season long. And so because of that, you know, from a from a betting standpoint, for example, we're seeing the money line uh, just so skewed in Las Vegas's favor. I mean, uh, you know, as of tape time, they're about a minus 250, minus 255, depending upon where you look on the money line. So just an incredible um, heavy favorite uh, in this one. And so as I've tried to find some interesting interesting um, bets to make um, it, it leads me to try to get creative right with how we do it so you know for example in in tonight's game in game two to be played there at T-Mobile Arena in in Vegas I'm looking at Las Vegas on the 60 minute line um, so in other words uh, for those of you that, that don't normally play hockey meaning that um, I'm taking Vegas on the money line but I'm taking them to do it within regulation and for the game not to go to overtime and I just think the talent right now that Vegas has the role that they're on the the momentum that they got with those four straight wins over the Colorado Avalanche just has them in such a good spot, Sean, that I just don't think, I I think it would take some really lucky bounces of the puck. And I mean, plural bounces. I don't think it can just be one lucky goal. I think it might have to be more than one if Montreal were to try to force this to go into overtime. So at a minus 150, still a heavy juice, but I like Las Vegas to be able to take care of things tonight within regulation. Yeah, I like the way of doing that because there are a lot of different ways that you can kind of offset the the basic bets. You can get a little bit deeper into that, and that that 60-minute line makes a lot of sense because I agree. Look, the first game was 4-1. to one. I don't think it's going to be 4-1 to one every night, and and you could look at the, uh, the the puck line if you wanted to think that that was going to happen every night, but it's hockey. That's, that's a big, big risk, and I don't think I'd go that route either, but the way you do it makes a lot of sense. That certainly takes a, a lot of it off, and – To see this go to overtime, yeah, probably not. I've felt pretty strongly since about the middle of the season that the winner of the Stanley Cup was going to be either the Tampa Bay Lightning or whoever came out of that Western division between Vegas and Colorado. That hasn't changed for me because it ended up being the the two teams in the West that came out. Vegas ended up being the better team because there's no other way to put it. Colorado might have won the first two, but Vegas figured them out 
and took them out in four straight. So this is a, a very dangerous team. It is, in my opinion, the best team left in the playoffs. It is pretty close to, of course, our defending champs, the Lightning, but we'll get to them in a little bit. When you look at this particular game, and you're looking at maybe a couple of player props, a couple different guys that may be able to perform particularly well tonight. What did you see in game one that makes you think might be a little bit different in game two? Or should we be looking at kind of the same suspects? Yeah, I think we're kind of looking at the same suspects when we look at these two um, when we look at these two teams, Sean. I mean, I, I, I think that um, you know, Montreal, um, as they as they rolled through, as they came back from that three one deficit against uh, Toronto, um, and, and then obviously had the sweep uh, against Winnipeg to be able to make it to this point with Vegas. Uh, they've done it a lot with their with their goaltending. Um, you know, Price has looked really spectacular here in the playoffs. I mean, I made the comment that I think he's, if I remember right, I think uh, Price is like thirty three years old, and I think I said that he looked like he was twenty three again uh, with the way. He he was playing but Vegas is a very different beast so if I'm looking at some of the players I mean obviously I can look at someone like Tyler Toffoli um, from the Canadians who so far through the 12 games he's got four goals seven assists um, so he sits there with 11 points here so far um, and you know he's riding a hot streak you know even though you know Vegas won four to one Toffoli has a point in seven straight um, and obviously all good streaks come to an end. But if I'm looking at Montreal's side, um, Tyler Toffoli has certainly been solid. If you like the player prop bets um, in this game tonight, he's a minus 125 to have over two and a half shots on goal. Um, that's another one that I like. I think that Montreal knows that the only way that you're going to sneak something past Marc-Andre Fleury, um, you know, the Vesna uh, Trophy finalist for, for Vegas, is you're going to have to pepper him with shots, and then you're going to have to hope for either uh, a funky rebound bound or maybe you catch him off guard you you know you, you slide one in just over knee, over the shoulder or just underneath the the arm you know right there in the armpit something like that and I think Toffoli's the kind of guy that will continue to pepper him with shots so that's somebody on Montreal's side then I look over at Vegas's side uh, and to me uh, you know I, I've actually uh, had some luck with my player props with this guy uh, and that's William Carlson um, he is a, a, a part of their second power play unit we know Vegas can uh, can take advantage of the power play so a lot of times when I'm trying to find those guys that I believe in either for DFS or for player prop purposes not only do I want somebody that I just know is active a, a first or a second line guy but I obviously love it if that person is part of either the first or the second power play unit Sean because it means that many more opportunities to wind up with a point and maybe a goal yeah I, I like the idea of going for defensemen that are on the power play because it, it you know you're, you're skating with the best guys on the team by and large you understand that you may find yourself mixing and matching with different lines as well. So I, I love the idea of doing that. And it is interesting when you look at this goalie matchup because I think not only in this game, but going forward for the rest of the series, Marc-Andre Fleury and Carey Price are both outstanding goalies. We know what they can do. But Price is 33, as you mentioned. Fleury is 36. And at times, they can look their age. And so I kind of feel that every once in a while – there's going to be one of these games where one of these teams is going to break through because you're talking about guys that are not, you know, barely on the wrong side of 30. They're significantly on the wrong side of the 30. And Fleury, who's looked incredible in these playoffs, is, is closer to 40. So there is going to be, I, I think, one or two of these games in the series. I don't necessarily think it's going to be tonight where it ends up being a 
shock about how badly one of those goaltenders plays. The trick, of course, is going to be finding out the night in which to do it. But I'm, I'm with you. When you look at player props, I love looking at defensemen. Those are the ones that I think are actually in a certain cases easier to predict who's likely to get a point because you're sending it up towards three different guys for the most part who can all get points so i think that's a good choice and when you look at the yeah. ability of guys like petrangelo and guys like carlson there's a lot of skill a lot of skating a lot of opportunity to uh, spend a lot of time on those power plays and, and make big differences so i think that well, ends up being a pretty good move and I'll, and I'll actually i'll throw a stat at you sean from game one that kind of proves um your point when you talk about defensemen if we're talking about trying to build a dfs lineup or, or we're looking at some player props um in the first game um vegas had 30 shots total on goal against price 18 of those were taken by defensemen 18 they wow. had more shots on goal in game one from their defensemen than they did from their from their forwards than they did from guys like carlson for example that i just mentioned or patchy um or marcia um i mean the defensemen for vegas were very active in that first game if, if you were watching the game you saw them get a goal for example from nick holden you saw them get a goal from alec martinez i mean you saw the goals uh coming uh, theodore had a goal as well shay theodore had a goal i I mean, four goals, three of them came from defensemen. 30 shots, 18 of them came from defensemen. Now, I don't think here in game two we're going to see it quite as skewed in that direction. I would expect it to be a little bit more balanced. But on the flip side of that, Sean, in game one, the Canadians' defensemen, zero shots. Everything for Montreal happened with the forwards. Nothing happened with the defensemen. So same thing to your point. I think the pendulum will swing back the other way, and I think we'll see more active defensemen um, in the in the forecheck type of area for the Habs. That is tonight's game. Of course, you have the Canadian at Vegas that will be uh, this evening, and then we'll look at the other series, Tampa Bay and New York, when we get back on Sticks and Stacks. Welcome back to the Sticks and Stacks podcast. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. If you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at S-D-R-O-T-A-R. Our hockey, ex- hockey expert, Nate Lundy. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Nate, we, we talked a little bit about the, the first series, Canadians and the Golden Knights. Now we move over to the uh, eastern side of the country in Tampa Bay is taking on the New York Islanders. This series is tied one-to-one. Uh, the Islanders, I think, for a lot of people here, maybe are surprising them because you might not have spent a lot of time looking at them. If you're not an Islanders fan, they, they had a terrific performance in the clutch from Sorokin, their backup after Semyon Varlamov had to leave with injury. So now that this is one-to-one, how do you take a look at it in the series now moves to New York? Well, I, I mean, I think this series had, you know, of, of each of the final four, I really thought that Vegas was probably going to, you know, Vegas has the ability to win their series in, in five games. I mean, I'll give Montreal some credit uh, for a home game, but beyond that, I think Vegas is just too good. But this series, as we look at the other side of it with the lightning in the aisles this one to me sean feels much more like a six or seven game series so the fact that the islanders were able to steal game one um really didn't surprise me i i, I felt like this was going to be one where it wouldn't and, and and the flip side it wouldn't surprise me at all if tampa were to steal one at nassau coliseum i just think these two teams are going to kind of beat each other up you know the islanders have had great play out of Semyon varlamov you just mentioned that and he left game two after Braden point ran into him but he was able to come back in um and that was obviously a huge um uh 
opportunity for them to, to have him be back out there and not have it be something that was going to linger or perhaps even carry over to game three on Thursday night. So, uh, you know, this is a series I think that's kind of playing out. I mentioned the fact that Vegas was such a huge favorite. Well, you look at Tampa and the Isles, and the, the line as of tape time for tomorrow is the Lightning are a minus 137 on the money line. The Islanders are only a plus 118. So, yes, they're the underdog, even though they're at home, um, against the defending cup champions. But this is a much more, you know, the oddsmakers believe this to be a much more evenly matched uh, contest between these two. And the over-under with the goals is set at five and a half. Um, I really think that crowd at Nassau Coliseum is playing into a lot of the success that the Isles have had. This is the final season that the NHL will play at Nassau. So these fans have been having a lot of fun because they they never know what could wind up being their last game uh, in that stadium uh, as they've gone through these playoff series. So um, I I think that the fans have played into it. I think uh, Varley has played off of that in terms of his uh, performance. He had uh, 30 saves in game one. The Lightning uh, rebounded on Tuesday night exactly the way we thought they would. The Lightning were heavy money line favorites last night um, as we record here getting into uh, that game two. They were everybody, everybody thought that the Lightning would bounce back and even it up at one apiece, and they did. Um, for me, I, I actually think the Lightning uh, on Thursday night, Sean, will make it two in a row. I, I think that money line at only minus 137, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Lightning and Vasilevsky be able to, uh, to pick this one off and regain that home ice advantage. Well, when you're looking at, at DFS setups in this one, it's kind of interesting because you look at a team like the Lightning, you look at their scoring ability, you know how dangerous they are. But one of the things the Islanders do is they don't allow a lot of opportunities for your power play to take the ice. They were dead last in, in the league with 2.7 penalties per game. They don't give you a lot of opportunities for special teams. And so that may end up keeping this game close, but it also means that some of the Lightning players that you're thinking of in your DFS lineup might not be the best choices even in a game in which they're favored yeah exactly you've got to get creative I mean you know you and I talked about this uh, in in our most recent episode of the podcast where we said look it's it's easy to look at a you know Nikita Kucherov Uh, you know it's it's easy to look at some of those big names um, but where you are going to have success with your DFS and even sometimes with your player props is by looking away from the you know flashy uh, choices, if you will, Um, the players that are um, going to not necessarily be at the top of everybody's list. And that's how you find some success. So, you know, we've seen some success out of guys um, like Anthony Sorelli. We've seen some uh, success with guys like Jordan Eberle, which I, I know are, you know, somewhat big names. If you follow hockey, you're familiar with them. But if you're looking at the odds, um, I'll give you a great example. Looking ahead to tomorrow night's game um, to score an any time goal, right? So not the first goal, nothing like that. Just to score a goal at any point in time during the game. Well, you look at Braden Point, plus 143. Nikita Kucherov, plus 160. But then you go down to those guys I was talking about, like an Eberly uh, or like an Anthony Sorelli, and they are at plus 285 or longer odds. So whether we're talking about a player prop or we're talking about a DFS, you've got to be willing to go down on those uh, on that roster and find someone that has had success. Anthony Sorelli has six points here in the postseason. He's got three goals and three assists. Um, you know, so you're going to be able to find some success with guys if you're willing to dig down a little bit. Yeah, personally, I like staying away from the guys who are especially hot. So when you look at guys like Matthew Barzal for mm-hmm. the Islanders and Braden Point, as you mentioned for the Lightning, these are the two guys that have scored a goal in each game. 
I just think that you have regression to the mean in general, and it's pretty hard to score a goal in three consecutive playoff games. Uh, go back and look at the way the Avalanche were eliminated. It's tough for anybody to do that. So uh, I look at those guys, and you're thinking those are the ones that you're going to get the the most likeliest of to them to score, but I actually think it's rather unlikely that they are going to score given the fact that it's just so hard to score a goal in three consecutive playoff games. So I think you're making a really good point. You kind of go away from those guys because it's less likely that it really happens in the first place and you get the worst odds. So when we recap, Nate, we take a look at tonight's game, Vegas and Montreal. Uh, let's remind everybody what you had for this evening. Yeah, I'm looking at Vegas on the 60-minute line, Sean, so winning in regulation as opposed to going to overtime because that brings the juice down. It's still a minus 150, but um, I think that brings it down. The over-under for tonight I'm actually going to stay away from. It was at 5.5, but so many people have bet the under that it's now gone to a 5. Um, so if I were going to look at that one, I probably would try to alt-line it as opposed to taking it just on the straight normal line because the amount of bets and the action that has taken place has already brought that down uh, and it just makes it such a likely push um, and you also always have that question mark of whether somebody's going to grab an empty net goal there in the final say 45 seconds to 90 seconds of the game and that suddenly throws your timing off so I'm going to stay away from the total but I do like Vegas uh, on the 60 minute line and then as we look ahead to tomorrow Tampa is at a minus 137 on the money line to be able to win game three at Nassau Coliseum it would not surprise me at all if the Islanders were to defend their home ice but I do think that game one by Tampa was very uncharacteristic, particularly on the offensive side. They just looked like they were uh, sort of out of it a little bit. And I think we saw much more of the lightning we would expect in game two uh, that picked up that victory. So to me, uh, I, I think we're probably looking more like what we saw in game two. And that was obviously a four to two win for the lightning. So I think that's what we're going to see at Nassau. So I'll take uh, Vegas on a 60 minute money line. I'll also take Tampa uh, on the straight money line for Thursday night and then keep an eye on those middle-of-the-pack players like you were just talking about. Let's look at an Eberle. Let's look at a Kyle Palmieri. Let's look at some of these guys that you know maybe are not all the way up at the top of the list um, but are active and are consistently involved in what their teams, um, you know, what their teams are doing. Jordan Eberle's a great example. He's only got three goals here in the postseason, but Sean, he's also got seven assists for a total of ten points. He's active. He's out there on that wing, and he's very valuable uh, for this Islanders team. Well, favorites are favorites for a reason, and that's what we're taking a look at in these two matchups, both tonight and tomorrow. But we will be back with you later in the week to take another look at it as these series both move along as we're trying to determine which teams will find themselves in the Stanley Cup finals. Nate Lundy is our hockey expert right here. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy. You can follow me at Drotar. That's D-R-O-T-A-R. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with you in just a couple days right here on the Sticks and Stacks podcast on the Sawdust Podcast Network.